Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Trisha Manning as our special guest. Trisha is a certified executive coach and has been a student of human behavior all her life. At the age of five, Her father was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and her mom became the full-time caregiver and breadwinner. This early experience influenced Trisha's values, beliefs, and style as she rose to the ranks in corporate America to become one of only two female executives at the corporate table. After facing an unexpected health crisis in 2016, Trisha made the difficult decision to end her 25-year corporate career, but she wasn't ready to stop helping others. With a passion for growing influential leaders and fighting for gender diversity in, a, in the boardroom, Trisha began her own coaching practice and wrote the book, Lead with Heart and Leave a Legacy. Trisha, we're thrilled to have you on our podcast today. And we always like to start by asking, what is something that you do when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Oh, I love this question, Kelly. And thank you for having me. Um, I am a big learner, right? And this whole idea of of leaders as learners, always bringing new thinking in. And so for me, being very intentional about finding inspiration is important. So I loved this question and and I went right to um, the practices that I have in place around uh, reading and, and listening to books and podcasts. And so I have some favorites. Um, anything Brene Brown <laughs> is a great read, a great listen um, that keeps me grounded. And, um, you know, for those of us who are on this continuous learning uh, journey um, for our own selves and, and for others as well, she's a great uh, inspiration. Um, I also just will share <clears throat> Uh, a book that I read more recently, and I don't know if you guys have read this, but Wolfpack by Abby Wambach. Um, it really challenged my thinking around old school leadership rules that I had lived by um, and often didn't even notice, right, my whole career. And so that was a, a really great read. So anything that helps me bring outside thinking in and provides that inspiration um, really is the way I expand my thinking. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you for those uh, books. Now I have to ask you some more questions because they sound great. Um, Let me go to the latter first. Wolfpack. I haven't read it. I saw her interviewed and Abby was the, or was, I'm not sure she's still, she was the U.S. uh, women's soccer 
co uh, the um, captain. Is that correct? Yes, co-captain. Co-captain. Um, and she's retired at this she's point. Retired. And now she's on her next chapter. <laughs> yes. And so I know she's really fighting for equal rights and women. What are, And I remember um, seeing as she was talking, she was on The Daily Show, I think, when mm-hmm. the book came out. And I heard her speak. I'm like, those are some pretty cool rules that she's that mm-hmm. she's taking a different look at. What's one that, that stood out to you that you're like, huh, I've been in corporate and uh-oh, that's the one I kind of followed too. And here's the new rule. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. The one that really stood out for me, because I, I just did this my whole career, my whole career, I, I kind of thought to myself, oh, you're just lucky, right? So I had mm-hmm. had success over the years and, and uh, worked my way up. And, and that, that talk track for myself was, oh, you're just lucky. And so I was very focused on, on being grateful you know, gratitude every day when I shut up, I'm, I've been given this, I should be grateful. So that's kind of the old rule, like just keep your head down, be grateful for mm-hmm. what you're given. This is especially true with women, right? The new rule being, I'm grateful, but darn it, I'm going to ask for what I want. And I'm going to take mm-hmm. what I deserve. <laughs> so that new rule of really standing up for yourself and yeah. I can be grateful and ask for what I want. I, you know, Kelly and I talk about that one a lot, Trisha, and mm-hmm. I try to even watch saying, well, I'm so lucky. Like yeah. Kelly and I, we've worked really hard at the business, just like you work really hard at your business. And sometimes saying you're lucky discounts all that really hard work. Yeah. And we're able to take up, we're capitalizing on all the hard work. So yeah, that's great that someone met someone at a coffee shop and said, Oh, I need someone in HR. And they're like, Oh, I know Karen Kelly. Right. I mean, that mm-hmm. feels like luck, but all that you did to get to that point for someone to refer you for the client to call you and for you to do a good job, that's not luck. That's yeah. all that hard work. So I try that word lucky, especially like you said, for women, um, that discounts what you're doing. And mm-hmm. so you can be grateful, but you can sure as hell ask for stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the favorite things Kelly and I talk about is um, we're like, what would, what, what would a man ask for? Because <laughs> there's there's some stuff men ask for money, men ask for stock options, men ask for the promotion. Okay. Um, so how can we learn from them sometimes? Because That's they ask. Okay. Yeah. Lot. Important ask. one, right? Yeah, they do. They ask. And sometimes uh, with no uh, um, talent behind it. <laughs> Right, right, and 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 women tend to hold back, right? Yep. Um, and you know, there's statistics, right? Women, women need to be tapped on the shoulder three and four times. Hey, you should consider applying for that job. Yeah. You know, where whereas m- most of the time, the majority of men, hey, I'm all in. Yeah. You had to tell me twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is this kind of what can we learn from them mm-hmm. um, and that kind of boldness. Uh, Trisha and I were talking earlier. Trisha has um, children. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Trisha, because you have a girl and a boy mm-hmm. and well, another one, but there's only two right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for, for purposes of our example, and I look at my son and I'm like, damn, that's some confidence. Mm-hmm. Like when he shouldn't be confident at all. Yeah, and yet there's something in there that I was like, wow, I want to steal some of that sometimes yeah. as women. I don't know if you see it with your. Oh, oh I see it. it yeah. real, real quick story. So we had, we were having dinner one evening and my daughter is 14 and, and um, she was 
you know, we were talking about social media and she had this moment of like, you know, comparing herself right mm-hmm. to other people. And I, and so we had a discussion at the dinner table about how comparison, you know, it, c- it can be used for good or bad. Right. And so what are the ways, Hey, Nicholas, that you compare yourself because, you know, your sister compares and that doesn't make her feel good. Yeah. And he said, oh, I compare and I look at that and say, I'm better than that. I can, <laughs> I can look better than him. I can beat him any day. You know, so <laughs> it was a perfect <laughs> example of how different, you know, yes. um, girls and boys can look at the world, men and women, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. He's like, I look at it. Come on now. I'm the best. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I like, oh, maybe not that amazing, but I like the confidence. I like the confidence. Oh, take a um, notch there, boy. I, <laughs> for, um, and then, then for Brene Brown, you said it keeps you grounded. Do you have a couple of your favorite uh, ideas or quotes that she says that help you keep grounded? You know, I mean, she, obviously she's a shame researcher. So that, that was kind of a light bulb moment for me as I really started to dig into her work around shame. Mm. Um, but I, what I, what I like more so is her work around courage. Um, mm. And, you know, this whole idea of don't don't judge me if if you're not in the ring with me <laughs> you know so if you're not here in the arena fighting for um you know what i'm fighting for or striving for what i'm striving for then then i don't need your opinion and mm. that's a shift um that's a that's a reframe right so you know a lot of times when we're working with leaders you know in in our work all, all of us on this call um, on this podcast, right? Reframe is important. And to me, that's a very powerful reframe. Um, it's, it takes courage to be in the arena and, um, I don't need to accept, you know, your, your judgment or, you know, what you're dishing out if you're not here with me experiencing it. Yeah, that one, I might steal that one. Mm -hmm. I just, I really like that. We, we say it, um, especially in the, in the HR world. And so Kelly and I do work as HR generalists mm-hmm. and we're in the ranks, so you're in it. Yeah. So then when we talk to other HR people or we're talking about how to be a warrior, we know what it's like. Yeah. So because it's very easy, you know, planning is, I, planning's fun. Planning is, well, I know not everyone says that, but I think planning is fun <laughs> You know, we could really argue, Trisha, over, well, how should we do it? What date? All that. And mm-hmm. and and you and I could spend hours on planning, and yet that is not even close to how difficult execution is. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times people do the planning and then drop it on an HR generalist, perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go enjoy <laughs> Right? Enjoy that. And it's really hard to, if you're not in it with me, then why am I listening to this crud sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be really good advice, but a lot of times it's just kind of people poo-pooing it. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to pick up uh, some more Brene Brown books, which I don't have, and Wolfpack, because I've been looking at it, Trisha. I'm like, I need to get that one. And then add it to the stack, Trisha, of all the books I'm not reading. <laughs> yeah. Which is which could fall over like a hoarder's house in my house. <laughs> of, of all the books I haven't read. So thank you for those recommendations. We love, love, love. 
What uh, now the big question, and uh, you've already in the bio, there's a couple things mm-hmm. I think you might talk about. What is the decision that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charge qualities that you use to help you make that decision? Yeah, yeah, I love I love the charge model. By the way, this was great Thank to you. reflect and, and kind of think about your model and, you know, and these qualities through the lens of my, my experiences. Um you know, we all have those defining moments in our lives where we could pick, you know, the path that goes left or right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I've had a few of those, obviously, in my in my years. But the one that stands out that really, I think, set me, it definitely set me on this new path that I'm on now as an executive leadership coach was the decision that I made to leave my 25-year corporate career. And... Um, you know, the decision was pretty hard and it, and it was, um, it came with some drama actually. So it was a, the result of a health scare. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, how, um, you know, I'm a big believer, don't waste a crisis. Right. And so it took a crisis for me to kind of wake up and make that decision. I, I had, I had been in, um, at my company for 25 years, worked my way up through the ranks was in a C-level position. Um, I had achieved, you know, every measure of success, right? That like the corner office and the big uh-huh. team and the nice paycheck and everybody looking in just was like, oh, well, you did it, you know, look at you. And um, I went for a, an ex- uh, a health screen. Um, long, little story there. I was more worried about my husband's health because he had some stress in his business. And so I forced us to take a long weekend, go to Jacksonville and let's just, let's go get some baseline tests done at the Mayo. (laughs) And little did I know that within the first couple hours of of that day that I would be learning that I would be having open heart surgery. So um, it was, it was one of those moments of, of, you know, that life hits you over the head with that, you know, proverbial two by four. And um, it was my wake up call that, you know, I need to learn something from this. So the crisis caused me to kind of wake up from that 70 hour work week. Um, the, the job, the successful job that I had been doing, you know, for years and, and really unpack that and, and think about what, um, I might be doing if I wasn't doing this. And so that decision was, was difficult because, um, you know, I had read, I had defined success, right. I had achieved everything and, and, and it was hard, but it was good. And what does, a change look like? And, and if I were to really learn from this experience and, and take those steps toward change, what the heck would I even do? Right. Mm -hmm. So when I think about that experience for me, um, there were three of your qualities that actually came through. So courage, right. Mm -hmm. Was one. And that was the, you know, I mean, I, I had, I was, challenging what I should do. I was facing, you know, the fears associated with that and what everybody else thought, you know, would be a crazy move. Why would you ever leave that job? Like you've, you know, you've made it, you've been there for so long. So courage, this, the other one that came through clearly for me was humility. So 
I had to leave what I knew um, and redefine success in a new way. I didn't know all the answers when I left, you know, and embarked on my on building my coaching practice. I had been at my company for so long, I kind of knew the answers. I was the go-to. Um, and so it took humility for me to really put myself into a learning mindset, but but also be humble in the fact that I didn't know everything. And then the other one that came that came up for me was resilient. And and I was definitely, as you did, you know, as you define it in your in your model, are you in it for the long haul? Well, yeah, I was in it for the long haul. If I was going to make this move out of corporate America, it would be to pursue, you know, um, something that was a passion of mine that that served other people for the long haul. And um, I had to manage my emotions. You know, I was scared to embark on that significant change. And so um, I had to be resilient through that transition and through the ups and downs of starting your own business from scratch, you know, after so many years. Wow. Trisha, there's so much there. First of all, I'm glad you're healthy oh, thank and you. you're with us. Um, you, you remind me though of the, the health screening. One of, I remember in, I don't know if the stat is still true. I would think so, but it was married, uh, married men live longer <laughs> than single men. Do you know this one? Yes. <laughs> That's because it's the woman who's constantly taking them to doctors, right? And screenings. And then of course, married women don't live as long as single women because we have too much stress taking the man to, <laughs> to, the, to the doctor's office. So, but you put that, you twisted that one because right. you're like, I bring a new husband to the doctor because you're stressed. We got to figure this out. So Trisha, so I just need to get mm-hmm. like, because I like drama and I like, you're like, you're, that's the, that's the movie part, right? You're doing <laughs> along and now, oh my God, it's the second act and you're going to, and you're going to find this out. So you just go to a screening and they tell you, and we're going to violate HIPAA for you right now too. <laughs> so they just tell, <laughs> we're just going to do that, Trisha, too. Yes, that's okay. they, just, they just say to you, can you please like stick around for an open heart surgery? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, what, how, come on, Trisha, like, what the hell, what happened? Yeah, it, well, it was, you know, I, my husband was in one room getting screened, and I was in another room, and um, the first doctor came through, and then they, the second doctor, and by the third doctor, and more tests, I was like, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> And, uh, and they said, uh, we need to talk. And I said, can someone get my husband? Right. <laughs> um, so, so I, I actually found out that I had a hole in my heart and they found a tumor in my chest. Oh my God. And so it was kind of a double whammy and, um, I had to, they didn't put me right on the table. They had to do more tests. So I was, I was back, uh, seven times in 14 days. Oh my um, God. For more tests, and the, at, at which point they determined the best course of action for you, my dear, with two significant issues, is to you know crack you open and we take care of this. So, <laughs> um, so I had you know I had a few weeks to uh, to get my head wrapped around that and and plan for the surgery. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was a. That was drama, right? What do you tell your kids? What do you, you know, yeah. it was right around Christmas time. What are we going to do oh. about Christmas? <laughs> oh my goodness. So. And, 
And again, this is where, and Kelly and I have talked about this. We sent a newsletter out about some of this is be sure to get screenings, be sure to do proactive Mm -hmm. medicine, like do all these things because you really don't know. Things can change very quickly with health. So during those kind of 14 days before Mm -hmm. the surgery, were you, it was just all about your health. Were you starting to think of like the job issue or did that come like after the surgery? When did it kind of pop into your head of like, I really got to change all this? Yeah. It's so interesting, right? So until I I had never been in, in that kind of situation before. So it was, it was as, it was as people say it is right. All of a sudden your health and your family come to the forefront Yes, and everything else goes to the background. Yep. And so um, <clears throat> I was very focused on, you know, the game plan, right? And, and, and as you heard a little in my bio to uh, my mom, when, when I was young, my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. My mom became the breadwinner and caregiver um, supporting our family. And so what was interesting and what I didn't realize, I just kind of, I modeled what I had seen her mm-hmm. do um, mm-hmm. growing up, which was step right into action. You know, we're going to... Yep get through this. We're going to put our plan together. We're going to get everybody taken care of <laughs> and we're going to get on the other side of it. Um, and so I went into that mode and, uh, and, you know, and part of that planning was also obviously work and thinking about, you know, just um, planning for my, my, my um, leave. I didn't, I didn't start thinking about, that what a transition out of my corporate role would look like, you know, until later. Um, And so I had a little time. However, I would tell you, I knew enough going in that this was happening for a reason, right? It was supposed to tell me something. So I was very intentional to document everything, take a lot of pictures through the process, which sounds kind of crazy, Mm. But I, I wanted to make sure after I got through it that I didn't do what I always did, which was compartmentalize that and move on. Mm. And um, that's kind of just, you know, how I've how I've always operated. And I knew that I needed to have some reference that reminded me of that, you know, experience and to see it through my family's eyes and really then take that when I was ready and, um, and, and let that really guide me to whatever I would do next. And, and so I went into it with that mindset. So I didn't really know what I was going to do after, but I knew something was going to change. <laughs> wow. Well, I love that you took it as, and even the pictures of, mm-hmm. I need to learn something from this because you're right. There are many people who get something like that, a health issue. Um, uh, someone passes maybe suddenly in the family, you know what I mean? Or money, whatever happens, there's a lesson. Mm-hmm. And some people, like you said, compartmentalize it. So, well, that's, that's just that. And just go on doing exactly what they're doing okay. or like you did. No, I need to learn from this and I want to remember it. And I don't want to forget it because it's going to be so easy to get pulled back. It would have been really easy for you to get pulled back yeah. into your corporate life. Um, so that really just take, I want to get to some of the charge qualities you talked about. That really takes that courage mm-hmm. to say, I'm not going to go back. And so one thing, Trish, that I know you hear and we hear all the time is 
I, I can't do it because what will people say, right? Mm-hmm. I can't leave the job because my family says, that's good insurance. That's good. Like, why would you leave that? That's a good stable job. If I hear stable job one more time, that's a good stable job. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, because did you, you mentioned you had some other people say kind of, why would I, you know, why would you leave? How did you have the courage to say, Mm-mm, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah, that was the hard one. And, and I heard I heard that a lot. You know, I had friends like, what? You've been there forever. And you know, you're successful, right? Right. Um, I, so part of my courage in, in doing that was, was some of my own, you know, soul searching, right? And self talk. So the, we talked about reframe, you know, and just making sure I was clear. Um, for myself on, on what this opportunity was. I mean, there, there's a reason. And, you know, I kind of reinforced that the, the other thing, you know, I, I talked about Brene Brown, like, you know, courage, if you're not in the arena with me, Uh I was very lucky that my, I would say, you know, some key people in my life were in the arena with me. Mm. So while you, I had people saying, why would you do that? You should, you know, you shouldn't leave. You, you know, you've had such success, you should be doing this. Why don't you just go back? There were um, people close to me that were in the arena with me. And that gave me courage to, to then they were saying, no, mm. you know, do you do you, <laughs> you've earned yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that helped give me courage. So it's, you know, that self-reflection plus surrounding myself with the louder voices that were, were building me up um, versus, you know, those that were maybe questioning. Yes. Cause a lot of times some, um, Kel and I have talked about this a lot of times, where is that coming from when they're questioning you? Because that's sometimes mm-hmm. their own fear. That's not it. what's good for Trisha, mm-hmm. but what's good for them. Because if you, if you leave, well, should I leave? What does mm-hmm. it say about mm-hmm. like, I kind of like that status quo. I'm sure you've you've seen that homeostasis in psychology where I just want to go back. I just want to, I want everyone to stay kind of the status quo, mm-hmm. sit in that homeostasis. <laughs> and and it's really, it's really scary for people for you to step out um, and do something different. They're like, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, oh, she's making me think about my life. <laughs> um so, you know, we, we ask advice. We were talking earlier on the podcast that we love, we love this, um, this podcast because we always love advice and action because we're action people, action mm-hmm. ladies. So, and I know because you're a learning person, you really <laughs> thought about advice that you would give. Plus this is what you do, Trisha. So okay. what, yeah. So not to steal your intellectual property, but what uh, advice would you give people when they're kind of facing the same probably situation? There's a lot of people with, of course, health issues. COVID has made a lot of people mm-hmm. think about their lives, think about their careers. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, that's such a good point. There's so many people right now. You know, I had a health, I had a personal health crisis. The world is having a health crisis, right? And so that has really opened a lot of people's minds up to maybe I should be more open to change. Now's the time, you know, I redefine my own path. And so um, I love this three things (laughs) that you can do. um, And I, and I walk, 
clients through this. Um, the first thing is to find capacity. So how do I do that? Well, if you think about the world we live in, we are, many of us are just kind of on that hamster wheel and our mental real estate is completely taken up by everything going on. We're just constantly in the grind and we don't um, slow down to be able to let new thinking in. So the first step is find some mental real estate, find some capacity for you to even take a breath and think about what's possible for yourself. So how might you do that? Well, you can ask yourself some questions. What's draining me, you know, on a day-to-day basis? Um, What's really zapping my energy? What's the one thing that if I considered or resolved it in my life, you know, what I'm thinking about, it, it would help me make progress toward making change and it would create room for change. So that's the first step is really find capacity. And those are some questions you can ask yourself to, to find what might be draining you that you can resolve um, to let new thinking in. The second thing um, is then to define who you want to be. So then oftentimes when people are thinking about a change, they're like, well, I don't even know what the heck I would do. (laughs) Um, So I want to change, but I don't know where I would go, you know, from here. So the the way that you can think about this is um, asking yourself a couple questions. Again, self-reflection. Who who do I want to be every day when I wake up? And how do I want to contribute? Asking yourself those two questions and just, you know, writing down what comes to you um, might help you get a better line of sight as to what a next step might be. This isn't about you know, walking into your boss's office and quitting tomorrow, right? This is about really thinking intentionally about what your next step might be that would be the right next step that would be more fulfilling, that would enhance your life. And so um, here it's, you know, defining who you want to be when you're operating at your best. What what did you leverage? What strengths did you leverage effortlessly? Um, how do you want to contribute? Those kinds of questions will help you further define where you might go next and who you want to be um, in that space. And then the third step, you know, as you kind of walk through and, and go through these steps, the third step is, is acting, taking action. Action makes things happen. So, and this is about small steps toward, toward a change or toward a goal. Oftentimes, you know, for high performers, we see this a lot, you know, in this, in this always on everything's urgent kind of world that we live in. You want to know how to get from A to Z tomorrow. You know, I want to have it all laid out and I just want to go. That's not often, you know, how it works, right? You need to take small steps toward your goal. And, and oftentimes your small steps start with identifying even just what you need to do to prepare for the change. So if you ask yourself that question, what do I need to even do to prepare for a change? I don't know what the change is going to be. I don't have all the answers. But if I were to make a list of those handful of things that will help me prepare for change, okay, I can do that. And and start acting on those. 
because you start to get momentum going. And oftentimes you, in all of these steps, one, two, and three, you're creating an open road for yourself that lets new thinking in, that helps things come into your path that then will, you know, allow you to build on. Um, so it's not about this radical um, shift. It's, it's something that you're, you're more intentional and in planning for. Um, and the, that would be my advice for those people that are starting to really kind of wake up and think it's time. I, uh, wonderful, wonderful three steps. Like we were, um, talking about earlier, it sounds so beautiful. The plan is great and the execution is oh, so difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, it just, because my gosh, questions like, what do you want to be? What do I want to do? I mean, these are questions that we are not taught as children, usually to ask. I mean, we ask like when you're five and you go, oh, you want to be a fire person. Oh, good for you. You know, a veterinarian. Oh, good. And that's about it. Um, but I, I know Kelly and I talk a lot about that first one, which is what is draining your energy? Mm -hmm. And we use assessments. And I know Kelly and I, again, you know, we were joking about the podcast with you before we recorded it is we, you know, editing would drain all our energy. That's eight hours that we don't have mm -hmm. <laughs> and we don't do it. And so we have to be kind of clear on what we will do and what we won't do uh, because of that energy drain, because you're just no good for your clients then or you're no good for each other. So Kelly, what are you, we know your energy drain is, is, um, is uh, editing a podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> and social media, that's <laughs> guarantee. And so we're trying to outsource this stuff. So the, the energy drains out is bad. Uh, what are you thinking about some of that beautiful advice that Trisha saved or shared with us? What I like the most is that you make it very tangible. So you're very honest about the fact that it's not about getting from A to Z tomorrow, which I think is how many of us live, myself included, of, okay, I made the decision. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And so I'll be fixed. Mm -hmm. It's like anything else. It's very intentional. And so the questions that you provided in addition to saying, find mental capacity. I think if you just said, find mental capacity, define who you want to be and take action and make things happen, that would be very overwhelming for somebody. But the way that you crystallized it to the point of saying, think about these questions, what's draining and zapping me of energy? And that really forces you to stop and really think about it. And is it really as big a deal as maybe what you think it is? Or are you kind of just like the drama that comes with, oh, I get to do something. I really don't like it, but Actually, I do because it does give me energy. It's it's just an interesting way of of making something that I think is for a lot of people something that they maybe want to do. You make it very tangible and real. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Would you say that that comes from your experience that where you where you did pause and and stop and think and prepare, or was that something that you were doing even before you had your health scare? Yeah, that's a great question. I I would tell you I. Um, I did was not good about slowing down and and finding capacity when I was when I was in the corporate world. I was on that hamster wheel like everybody else, and I mentioned like compartmentalizing. That was like my superpower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was I was able to just kind of flow through as if right as if everything was okay, and I was not good at it. For me, this happened um, when that when I got hit over the head and, um, and it, and it was that wake up call that says, girl, you do, it's time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I, ha- I knew it and I had to, f- then I had to figure it out. So, um, this was, this was something that came from my own personal experience that I would say it came late, you know, kind of later in life. And, but I'm, but I'm super grateful for it because now I can share it with others. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and taking a situation that is very scary, I'm sure in the moment it had to be very scary, terrifying, you know, as you're thinking about the what ifs and all of that, that you then decided I've made it through, I'm healthier as a result. How do I pay it forward? I think it speaks a lot to um, who you are as a, as a person and taking advantage of the opportunity to say, mm-hmm. how can I make things better? Not only for myself, my family, but for others in having had this moment. Um, I, I, I just really appreciate the, the wisdom that you really shared on, shared on our podcast today. Well, thank you. I appreciate the forum to do that. It's, it's become uh, a mission of mine, right? It, it is about mm-hmm. serving and, and you, mm-hmm. you ladies know that as well, right? Um, you have that servant, servant heart. So mm-hmm. uh, we all find our ways to do that, which is awesome. Absolutely. And um, again, just thank you so much. And, and again, it just is the power of, I think, positive thinking, taking a situation that, you know, in the moment you're trying to figure everything out, but when you have the time to reflect and really look at the photographs of those memories that you had during that time with your family, it does put things in perspective um, and how we shouldn't maybe take those things for granted, right? We should take advantage and really appreciate um you know, the, the people in our lives and take stock of the people that we have in our lives too, because there might be some where, you know, is that a relationship I really even want anymore? Someone's not going to support me and my decision. Um, I love that you can use sort of this filter of your, of your questions to say, does that relationship serve me anymore? If it doesn't, then thinking about what the next steps look like. So we wish you a tremendous, we wish you all the health and wellness in the world, Trisha, to you and your family. Thank you. Um, absolutely. We're so grateful for you to have joined our podcast and shared your incredibly inspirational story with us. And we encourage all of our listeners to connect with you, Trisha. Um, you can check out the show notes in this episode for more information. And once again, Trisha, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.